0: Well, we're going to start with a little introduction. And, and when you look in the Bible, we find a lot of people that God used a lot. And, and they're famous. Think about this. Enoch. What did Enoch do? He walked with God. Noah, what did he do? What did Noah do? Built an ark. Well, Abraham made, God made the great covenant with Abraham, the uh, land, the seed, the blessed Moses, what do we call Moses? The what? The, the lawgiver. He was the lawgiver. David, a man after God's own heart. Esther. For such a time as this, Daniel, the prophet, Mary, the mother of Jesus, John, the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, Peter, the rock, the apostle to the Jews, John, the beloved disciple, wrote five books in the New Testament, Luke, the beloved physician, who wrote basically the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. By the way, those two together, they're longer than everything else. They wrote, Luke wrote the most of the New Testament. Even though Paul wrote 13 letters, Luke's two things are, are longer. But finally, there's one that does stand out. He wrote 13 letters in the New Testament. We call him Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, the missionary, the church planner, the pastor. Paul the apostle. That's who we're going to talk about. And he's a man chosen by God, not for salvation, because he believed for salvation. He was chosen as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And so as we begin the study of this man, it's famous. You already know a lot about him. We've talked before, and when we, when we studied the book of Acts, we saw things about Paul. When we've read his letters, we've talked about uh, Paul. Our goal is to see him, to see his life, to see his ministry, to see how God used him. Let me give you the outline of what we're going to do over these weeks as we look at his life. And it's, it's kind of a little bit. It's, we're going to start with the introduction, which today, we're also going to start seeing the background. And we're going to see Paul's family and training. We're going to get a little bit about who he is, what he's like. And then we won't probably get to the next, the B right there, which is Paul's world. We'll get to that next time. And then we'll see Paul's conversion. He was persecuting the church. We see his salvation, and we see the commission that God gave to him. And then we see Paul's ministry, his early ministry, his methods, his missionary journeys. Then we're going to see his last days. He gets imprisoned. He gets released. He gets imprisoned again. And then that's basically the end of it. And then we see his message. What was his theology? And I'm not gonna, we're not going to go into things you can't understand. We're going to see what was his theology, what was his letters, and we'll kind of put it all together. So that's what we're going to do over these weeks. It should be kind of fun. I mean, it should be a lot of fun because Paul the Apostle is just, he's one of the most famous ones. When I first started growing as a Christian, I loved Paul. I loved it. I mean, I, 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 for some reason, he just struck out to me, and I, I just looked at his letters, and I saw him in the missionary journeys and all of those kind of things. Paul has been described. Let me give you some things. He was described as a small man with tremendous energy, with a heart to take the message of Christ throughout the known world. He was a man known for his mission and his ministry. In just a few words, it could be said this, that he was trained as a rabbi, persecuted the church, Believed in Jesus Christ and became the great leader and minister for Christ. Now, think about that. Trained as a rabbi, trained as a Pharisee, we'll talk more about it later, but growing up to be a teacher, then he persecuted the church because he thought that way was wrong. He then believed in Jesus Christ and then became the great leader and the minister. For Jesus Christ. When I, when I think about his life, there there are times, and we'll, we'll mention this maybe later on, but, you know, sometimes if somebody could look at Paul in the early days, you would have said a guy like that will never trust Christ, you know, never trust Christ. These are people in your life that are very open and in rebellion against God and against your message. And you may talk to somebody, and they actually make you mad, or they say, listen, I'll never believe anything you say. And, and you think, oh, that person's never going to trust Christ. You never know what God's going to do. You never know how God can bring somebody to himself. He's called the apostle to the Gentiles, the defender of the faith, the one who pray, proclaims salvation by faith alone and Christ alone. Listen, when you read Paul's letters, you see clearly justification by faith. By grace you have been saved through faith and that not yourselves to get to God, not of worksless anyone you want. That's Paul. Paul has all these letters, all these statements and, uh, that we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of law. That's Paul. So he says all these things. What was he like? What, is he, what did he look like? We don't have any pictures. A guy by the name of Stephen Miller in an article in Christianity Today, oh, excuse me, in an article in church history. There's a, there's a magazine. We got them in the library, and I, I think they quit producing the magazines, but they used to have a magazine called Church History, and each article, each magazine, picked out a certain part of Christian history, and, and uh, the whole magazine was about that particular thing. So it was really great if you're interested in that. Here, a man wrote an article about, uh, Stephen Miller wrote an article about Paul, and he says, from looking at early documents, this is how Paul is described. He was a man of middling size. His hair was scanty, his legs were a little crooked, his knees were far apart, he had large eyes, his eyebrows met together, and his nose was somewhat long. That's a description. Now, you saw that guy come in, you'd say, "Uh, he's not going to give us much, right? I mean, that's what you think. I mean, when you look at people, listen to this in a writing by the man's name of Onesiphorus of Iconium. Now, this is back in those days, they didn't have the last names. So this guy's name was Onesiphorus. He was from a city of called Iconium. He wrote about Paul because he said he, he knew Paul. Here's what he says about Paul. He was short, bald headed man, skinny, bow-legged, with a long nose and eyebrows that met together. That's he is described. So when you look at Paul, he is not the guy and the guy that you would be necessarily attracted to, right? You'd say, who is that guy? I remember Nap telling me one time, Nap was the pastor that helped lead me to Christ. He said one time when he was in, he was a young pastor and he got to go to the high school and talk to kids at lunchtime. You can't do that anymore. We used to could do it. And one time he was sitting at a table with these kids that were pretty sharp, he thought. And he noticed that sitting at another table, right, it was it was kind of the goob of the school, okay? And so Knapp kind of thought to himself, I'm not going to really talk to him, but I'll talk to them. So he talked to them. But what he didn't know is this guy listened. And this guy became a believer, and this guy shared his faith with everybody. Knapp said, I learned right then, you don't look at any kind of people and try to say, well, who's going to be faithful and who's not going to be. God knows what he's doing. We looked at Paul, we'd say, golly, look at that guy. I mean, he's got an eyebrow goes all the way across. I mean, good gracious, a lot. But God took him, and he became the apostle to the Gentiles. Most of us in this room are probably Gentiles. Is that right? Anybody in here Jewish? If you are, man, praise God. But, But think about it. He's the apostle to us. Here's some questions, kind of some famous questions. Was Paul married? What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? And how did Paul die? So the first question was, Paul married? And most people say, well, no, he wasn't married because he talks about going by himself and he talks about, did he have the right if he chose to to have a wife like Peter did? Uh, There's a question because in 1 Corinthians he breaks that point, but there's a question that when people were put to death, Paul says, I gave my vote to put them to death. Some thinks, thinks that means he was part of the Sanhedrin. To be a member of the Sanhedrin, you had to be married. Now, I... So whether Paul meant, when he says, I gave my vote to put them to death, means he was part of the Sanhedrin, that means maybe at one time Paul had been married. I I don't think he ever was. I, when I think of Paul's life, I don't think of a guy who was ever married. I think of a person who's just doing his thing, and, and he's violently against the believers, and then he's huge for Jesus Christ so that's how I see him the second question is what was Paul's thorn in the flesh nobody knows for sure but Paul actually writes that God gave him a thorn in the flesh so that he wouldn't be puffed up prideful and he said three times he asked God would you take it away and God said uh no and don't ask me about it again so he went okay Right? Isn't that what you'd say if God said, don't ask me about that again? What was his thorn in the flesh? Many think it was a lot of different things. I think, by, based on what I read from how I read Scripture and history, I think it was his eyes. I think on the road to Damascus, when he was blinded on the road to Damascus, if you remember, the light which outshone the sun. It was the glory of God. He was blinded. They took him into uh, Damascus. He couldn't see for three days, and then he could see after that. But if you'll notice in Van Paul's letters, he'll say... I write, see what large letters I write with my own hand. And then in the book of Galatians, he says, when I came to you, you reached out to me in love. And he says, if possible, you would have given me your own eyes. And it seems to indicate something was wrong with his eyes. So when we say, what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? I think it was his eyesight. I don't think he could see. I think it was, he could barely see and no telling what else. And and it looked. The way they taught, he even writes in Galatians as if that he was repulsive-looking, and they didn't treat him that way. They reached out to him in love. The third thing is, how did Paul die? We're not sure. We know that Jesus died where on the cross. Paul was a Roman citizen, that means he couldn't be crucified. So most believe that Paul had his his head was cut off. Peter, Peter and Paul died almost probably within the same year. The tradition is that Peter was crucified upside down. And the reason that, because he said, I don't want to be crucified right side up because my Savior was. And since Peter wasn't a Roman citizen, he could be crucified. But Peter was, uh, Paul was a Roman citizen. So most likely, if they were going to kill him, they'd probably just cut off his head. That's, we don't know. So anyway, I just wanted to throw those out. I want you to get as much as you can get. Uh, Clement, who was a writer, wrote in 96 AD that Paul was killed under Nero in 66 to 67. Okay, so that's what we know. Now let's think about Paul. What do we know about him? First of all, he's a letter writer, right? How many letters did he write? How many letters? 13. Wrote well, 13 letters in the New Testament. And I mean, it was amazing. These letters are written to churches. 13 letters, and we can put together his theology. What did he say? What did he mean? Some of the letters give us a lot of background about his life, especially the book of Galatians, and and gets a lot of history. Uh, The book of Acts gives us a lot. He wrote both theological and practical. You've heard me say this before, but usually the first part of his letters tell us who we are in Christ. That's theological. And the last part of his letters tell us how we're supposed to live because of who we are in Christ. That's very, very practical. And so when you study Paul's letters and when you read the when we say Paul's letter, you understand we mean that this is God's word written through Paul the apostle using Paul's vocabulary and background and language and everything, but it is the word of God. So when we say we're reading Paul's letters, we're reading the revelation from God using a human being. So when we read them, we see incredibly great truths. The second thing we know about him, he was a traveler. Three missionary journeys. And we're going to put, when we go, when we look at some things, we're going to actually look at the journeys and we're going to have maps up to show you where he went and how it was. It was amazing. Uh, despite persecution and hardship, he went all over the known world. And he said actually that he wanted to take the message even beyond where anybody had ever gone. He wanted to take the, the message on further. The third thing we see about Paul, he's the preacher means he spoke this message, he proclaimed this message. In Ephesians two eight nine. his message is, By grace you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. All the way through his writings, he talks about Jesus as the Savior. He talks about the grace of God. He talks about the mercy of God. He gives it all the way through, and he says it's by uh, the love of God and his grace and mercy. And Paul talked about God using him and setting him apart to take this message. And you realize that God's using you he set you apart. You're not here by chance. And nothing we do is by chance. You're not even here this morning by chance. It's not just another Sunday morning you decided to go. God's working all things according to the counsel of His will. He wants to take your life and use you to do things beyond what anyone could ask or imagine. What was this message? Justification by faith. It means you're declared righteous by faith in Jesus Christ, that we have eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ. It is so amazing. Oh, my. It's so amazing. At least we can see it. I can still read here. Uh, you can bring it back whenever you want to. But, uh, we're, well, it's getting worse, by the way. <laughs> I feel like Paul. I can't see. I can't see anything. <laughs> Justification by faith. Man has eternal life by faith. It is amazing to me to see so many people, they don't even know what you're supposed to believe. They say, I believe in Jesus. And I go, what do you believe? And they go, I believe in Jesus. I said, what do you believe? That he existed? What, what is what, justification by faith in Christ? We have eternal life by faith in Christ. You believe in him for eternal life. So amazing, amazing things. Huh? Even the devil well, yeah, he believes in Jesus. They, they, demons believe, but uh, there's no salvation for them. See, they believe in tremble. They believe Jesus is the Son of God who died on the cross, paid for sin, and uh, everything. But there's no salvation for them, so they can't believe in him for eternal life because he didn't give them eternal life. He didn't die for them. He died for people, not angels. Well, with that in mind, let's talk about Paul. Let me look at the clunk. Look, Paul His family. And his training, okay? Let's talk about his background. I'm going to give you three things. We're going to talk about him being Jewish. We're going to talk about him living outside of Israel. And you may go, what? Yeah. And we're going to talk about his Roman citizenship. And It is very powerful. Let's talk about this. First thing is that Paul was born into a Jewish family living in a city called Tarsus. We'll talk more about Tarsus in a minute. It's in Turkey. Paul describes himself as a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's a Jewish person. You know, some people today, I have friends that, I have some Jewish friends, and they're not, they're not ashamed of being Jewish, but I also know some Jewish people that don't want anybody to know they're Jewish. We know that throughout history, the Jewish people have been persecuted always, always, going all the way back. You, from, you, know, you just look at it. Uh, there's always a persecution because through, coming through the Jewish people were two major things, the Word of God and the Messiah. Both came through the Jewish people, and that's why they've always been persecuted, and that's why God said, I'll bless those that... Bless you, I will curse those that curse you. That's why it's very important. So Paul's Jewish, a Jewish guy. Look what he says about himself. I was circumcised on the eighth day. Why is that important? Because if you're going to keep the Jewish law, every little boy had to be circumcised on the eighth day. Even Jesus was. Uh, He was of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, and as far as the law was concerned, a Pharisee. So he says, if you want to get down to what I was really like, listen, I'm I'm about as Jewish as you can get. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised in the right time. I did everything right. I'm of the nation of Israel. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. Man, I'm right there where it is. And I was a Pharisee. A Pharisee. We're going to talk more about that maybe next week. A Pharisee. Paul grew up outside of the land of Israel. And when, I, when you think of Jewish people, you always think everybody living in Jerusalem or in the northern part of Israel or the southern part of Israel. Paul didn't live there at all. He lived in Tarsus. Tarsus is a city in what is called Asia Minor. Let me just show you a map to show you where it is. Here is Jerusalem down here. And, and this all of this down here is Israel. Then this is Syria. That's Damascus. This is modern-day Turkey, but it was called at that time Galatia. And there is the city of Tarsus. There is a, there's a city right here called Antioch. And then over here is Colossians, where we get Colossians. There's Ephesus, which we get Ephesians. There's Philippi, that's where we get Philippians. There's Thessalonica, that's where we get Thessalonians. There's Corinth, that's where we get Corinthians. There's Rome, that's where we get Romans. These are all these places that Paul went. Paul wrote these letters this letter, this letter, this letter, this letter, this letter. He traveled everywhere. So he grew up here that this city is a, is, is a kind of a famous city because there's this, this way that you travel. If you're going to travel over toward this part of the world, you had to go through Tarsus. You went through Tarsus, you went around this way, and then on up and then got a boat and then went across there. And, and sometimes people would go Ephesus and go over to Corinth that way. So Paul grew up in a city that was sort of famous because people came through there all the time traveling all over the world. So he grew up in Tarsus. He called it No Mean City, which means it's a famous city. Big roads, highways. And then the third thing about Paul, he was born a Roman citizen. Now let me tell you how important that is. In the day that Jesus lived and Paul lived, to be a Roman citizen was was so special. Half the world... Half the known world were slaves, so they weren't citizens. The other half, a very small percentage of those were citizens, Roman citizens, and they had all kind of rights. The rest of the non-slaves who weren't Roman citizens existed. They existed under Roman law, which was, which was really, actually very fair. But if you weren't a citizen, you didn't have much privileges. So to have citizenship, Jesus lived his whole time under Roman law, as a Jewish person, but he had no Roman citizenship, and that's why they crucified him. If Jesus had been a Roman citizen, they couldn't have crucified him. So Paul is a Roman citizen. Look what he says in Acts twenty two twenty eight. 28. This commander came to him, and he was talking because Paul had told him he's a Roman citizen, and this guy said, well, I acquired this citizenship with a large sum of money. He said, I became a Roman citizen by a lot of money, but Paul said, but I was actually born a citizen. You know what that means? That means Paul's father was a Roman citizen, Jewish. Now, how did he get to be a Roman citizen? We don't know. We don't know. This man, this commander said, I I paid a lot of money. I bought my citizenship. Paul said, I was born that way. I was born that way. God is preparing Paul for the ministry that he has for him. And before we look at the second one, do you realize that Paul is going into the world as a Jew who has a Roman citizenship, who's been trained in Jewish law, who is a Pharisee, who also knows Hebrew and Greek and most Aramaic and probably Latin and also understands Roman law and he's going into the world and he's going to go to the Jew first and then to the Greek. Do you think he was ready to do that? Out of all the people in the world, who in the world would be that prepared? God prepares Paul. So Paul could go in, and remember what he said? He said, to the Jew, I became like a Jew. To those not under the law, I was acted like none under the law. To those under the law, I was like under the law. To those without that, I did it. He said, I was all people to all things. Because he could be that. He could talk. If you were a Roman and you were a Roman citizen, he'd say, I'm a Roman citizen. We could talk. If you're a Jewish and you said, oh, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm like a, a, a rabbi. And he said, Paul said, yeah, me too. I'm a rabbi. <laughs> wow. I studied under Gamal. Paul said, me too. So Paul was ready. And let me show you something. God has prepared each of us for what he has for us to do. Look at your backgrounds. For most of us old enough to say, well, I went to college or I didn't go to college or I took this job or I have this skill. I, I know these languages are language. I, I've studied this before. Listen, every one of us are unique and, and God has is working in your life to make an impact, to make an impact. Listen, I was a coach for a while, but, I mean, I hadn't been a coach in a long time, but did you know that sometimes there are some younger kids that when they find out I was a coach, was a coach, what, they will listen to me, whereas being a pastor, they wouldn't listen to me. And then there's some people who wouldn't listen to me because I was a coach, Right? Okay, and so God takes you and uses you, and your background, your training, your studies, the things that God has done for you, he's going to use you in ways. Listen, I, uh, before, let's think about this. Before I went to seminary, I didn't really know what to do. I resigned from Mississippi State, didn't really have a job. Uh, I, wanted, I knew I wanted to be in ministry. I was going to help, but, but I didn't know what I was going to do. So this state farm agent, guy that owned the State Farm Agency said, why don't you come run my office, and I'll teach you about that just in case someday you might want to be like a State Farm Agent or something. So I went there, and for about eight months or nine months, I worked for a State Farm Agent. I learned how to do, do cars and houses and all that kind of stuff, and learned how to put it all together. And, uh, but all deep down, I knew I wanted to be a pastor. So what happened? I go to seminary. I'm looking for a job. Guess what job I got? I worked for a State Farm Agent. But if I hadn't had that training... I couldn't have said to him because I went to him and I went, I had looked, I called it was The phone book was this thick. I'm used to a phone book that big. The Dallas phone book was that big. I looked under State Farm agent. There was page after page after page. I just started calling him. And I got one and I talked to him and he said, yeah, I'm looking for somebody. He said, "Do you have any training? I said, well, I work for a State Farm agent. I can do that. He said, can you do cars? Yeah. Can you do houses? Yeah. Can you do health insurance? Yeah. Well, okay. But what if I said, no, I never worked for anybody like that? Is God using every aspect of our lives, our training, our background to prepare us. What did he do for Paul? Paul could say, I don't know why I've got a Roman citizenship. I'm Jewish, and I studied under the greatest teacher, and I'm a Pharisee. Did he use his Roman citizenship? He appealed to Caesar. I mean, I mean, that's about as big as you can get. As a young man, his father taught him a trade. What was Paul's trade? Anybody know what he could do? Hmm? He made tents. He made tents. See, is in the Jewish writing it says, "If you do not teach your son to work, you teach him to steal." So they taught every. No matter how much education you had, you had to have a skill so you could do both. And Paul knew Jewish law. He knew uh, he began the study of the scriptures at age five, by the way, and at age ten he began to go in a, uh, begin the legal traditions. In Deuteronomy, at age 14, 15, he, bar mitzvah, he became a son of the commandments, and he was responsible. He was sent probably at that age to Jerusalem to study under the greatest teacher of the day, a man by the name of Gamal. And when you look at Paul's early life in Acts 22, verse 3, it says, he studied under the greatest teacher of the day. Now, if you could, if you could think of any field that you're in, and could think of who would be the top teacher or the top one of everything you could do that would be the one that you had studied under it would be like me saying I want to be a coach and at that time we'd say well how about Saban would you want to go and work under Saban you go well yeah or how about somebody you know somebody else some other famous coach the top of the day Paul got to study under the top teacher of the day a man by the name of Gamal. Paul talks about his life in Galatians. He says, I persecuted the church. I went after him. I went after him. I tried to get him. I want to read this to you, okay? This is Galatians. You don't have to turn there. I just want you to read this. This is Galatians 1, and he says this. You've heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure, and I tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism upon all my contemporaries being extremely zealous for the traditions. Remember, zeal without knowledge is always dangerous. He had zeal without knowledge. I mean, he knew Jewish law and he knew those, but he didn't know Jesus Christ and he didn't know the truth. And so he's going after him. He says, whoops, he said his manner of life. He was Jewish, he was a Pharisee, he was a Roman citizen. Now, next time, we're going to see, what, 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 is, what is a Pharisee? What did he do as a Pharisee? How did, by the way, how did being a Pharisee helped him in the future? I'll remind you of that next time. So we've seen Paul's background, his citizenship, he studied everything. So here's the first question, first application. Let's know what we believe and why. You know, Paul knew, Paul thought he knew what he believed. Then later on, being trained by Jesus Christ, Paul knew what he believed. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to study the Bible, dig the Word. Is your faith based on your family or is your faith based on the Word of God and the truths that you know from the Scripture? Paul was prepared. Paul studied. He was ready. Live out a life of faith. That's what we're supposed to do. Why do we come on Sunday morning and grow group and Wednesday nights, and Bible studies. Why do we do that? So we can know the Bible, so we can know we believe and why, so we can be trained and equipped. God, let's understand, God is preparing each of us for his ministry and service. Paul was at the right place at the right time because God prepared him and trained him. You're at the right place at the right time. Remember Esther? you're here for what? Such a time as this. You are here right now for such a time as this. And God is going to take your life, and based on your background and your training and how he's used your life, he's going to take you to use you for his glory. He's going to take your gifts, your talents, your abilities... He's going to use you to do things that you'll never imagine. By the way, let me just show this out just for fun. Okay, Paul's a Pharisee. We think that after he really gets going and is growing as a Christian, he won't need the fact that he was a Pharisee. Well, do you know one time they arrest him and they put him in a room and the Sadducees are over here and the Pharisees are over here and they're trying to get him to say something wrong and he goes, well, I am a Pharisee and all the Pharisees say, he's okay. And then the Pharisees say, no, he's not. And they have to come get him because they're going to pull him apart. But all the Pharisees all of a sudden say, he's okay. So he uses everything from his background. And you use everything that God has brought into your life to be prepared to serve him.